Welcome to the Top Tier Tactics Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Bud and Nadir, where aspiring champs come to get the latest and most accurate information to become top tier. Let's get on with the episode. A lot of disappointment has just came on and along on the Sunday games. I'm Nader, of course, alongside Bud. How are you? Why you got to do me like that? What do you mean? Why you got to do me like that? What did I do? It's been a rough weekend. How? Give me a breakdown. I literally lost because of T.Y. Hilton. And my team lost because of T.Y. Hilton. (laughs) It's a a double whammy to a certain extent. And then I'm, I'm sure Chris is smiling. Of course, Professor Chris on the Sleeper Wire show, where uh, I guess hosts a lot, and he's a huge Colts fan. Um, it, it was it was not a fun weekend, to say the least. Describe what you're feeling. Let the viewers know, or the listeners, I should say. Let them know, like a thought process. You know, I, I was I was up by like 85. You were at one point. Yes, I remember watching um, that scoreline. I was killing it. Um, at one point, I think it said he had 20% chance to win. I think less. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe 15, 10, 12. Yeah. And I was with him. I was with my opponent, made fun of him a little bit. You know what I mean? Oh God. Um, and, uh, he was a little rattled. And then I, uh, leave where I was and drive home. And, uh, somehow there's 60 points that just popped up on his team. Amazingly. And, uh, I'm just, I'm just sad. I'm just sad. My my season is over. Your season and, in that league's over. In yeah. this league, I've never got worse than fourth or, or third, obviously, and I've won the league multiple times. So it's now now I got I pretty much got sixth, fifth or sixth. Yeah, this is the worst worst eliminated worst time ever. I, it it really sucks when you put up like 140 points and you still end up losing. Yeah, you I mean, telling, still put up a good amount of points. So that, you know. I mean, you can't really complain. It's not like anyone in your team really trashed themselves. I mean, other than Terry McLaurin, of course, we're going to discuss why we dislike Terry McLaurin in a bit. But, I mean, he, he's the only one that really underperformed. Try put up roster. 170 and still losing. Yeah, so so you're telling me in another league that you put up 170. 170 plus I have someone playing tonight, and I'm still probably going to lose. You're still going to lose, huh? Uh, I put in the listener league. I currently put up 178. Uh, I absolutely demolished the other guy. Unfortunately, uh, luckily I have AJ Brown and Derrick Henry on that roster. Uh, I feel pretty confident that I'm going to take the ship in that league. And then, of course, in the league that you're talking about, I put up 150, and uh, that that one is definitely feeling good. I'm feeling pretty happy about that one. It was, uh, you know. It, 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 ha- it, it happens. It hurts. I mean, I, the, you know, playoffs are always a little rough. You, you know, you have emotions. This is what you live for. Uh, I am happy with the decisions I made. Nobody played bad other than Terry McLaurin really didn't put up points, and that's what ended me at that point. Everyone else that I put in put up points. But it's not like you were going to ever take McLaurin out. I mean, he no. was a set. McLaurin's a set-and-forget type player. Absolutely. So I, if somebody's going to do you dirty, I'd rather him do me dirty, not somebody I'm kind of on the fence about. 
kind of like thinking about it throughout the day. Do I want to start him? Do I want to start him? Like, uh, like for example, I had to start either Kiki QT or Cole Beasley. That's how I got stranded on. I got stranded on that island. You like both of them though. And I like both of them. So I didn't know what to do. I ended up putting in Kiki QT. He scored a touchdown luckily, but then he fumbled the ball. So he lost a fumble and, uh, Cole Beasley, he only put up about six and a half and a half point PPR. So they, they kind of evened out. So I, it didn't hurt my feelings on who did better. And luckily I won that week. So it, it didn't necessarily matter. But uh, I understand when you have to do that. So is it worse to put up 180 and lose? Or is it worse you put up 50 and you and you lose? It depends how you put up the 50. If, if it's if it's you have, you know, your stars, your studded lineup in and they put a 50, there's nothing you can do about it. There wasn't many decisions you had to make. And, I mean, even if you made a different one or one different roster change, it wouldn't have mattered. You would have still lost. If you put up like 170 and stuff and still lost, but there was a roster move that you could have made to elevate your team to the win, then that one stinks. Yeah. It's it's the one decision that you could have made to alter your week that stings the most. I mean, if, if you, you know, like a McLaurin, there's nothing you can do about that. And if you lose because of it, then, you know, it, he he's the one that puts you in the situation. I'd rather him take me out than somebody else. I mean, uh, like James Conner, he put up point eight. Like, what are you gonna do about that? He, he should be a sure surefire start in the matchup against the Bills, where every team runs on them. But even they had multiple chances on the one yard line. Not only did they not run it, they threw it to Juju out of everybody. Oof! And the Juju hurt. touchdown was brutal. That Juju touchdown was brutal. And, and even they were dropping balls like no, no other, like Deontay Johnson. He got taken out. Uh, Eric Ebron, he was dropping. And they still refused to run the ball in the pouring rain. I don't know. I, I, I think at that point, that game was went down as bad coaching. And then, of course, you had Giovanni Bernard. He got taken out of the game after his first career fumble in 700 carries. He fumbled and he got taken out right away. I don't understand that. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of disappointment, especially from Zeke. Uh, he was also I mean, disappointed. Zeke's been, it's been a weird year. I, I mean, it has absolutely been a weird year with all the injuries. Interesting. Zeke has been absolutely, out of all the running backs, I think he's been the hardest to swallow. You know? He, he seems so safe. And it, it was not even close to that this season. It really will. I mean, I don't necessarily blame him. Bad offensive line, bad quarterback play, subpar coaching. I think all that needs to change. And it will change next year. I think they're going to definitely be drafting some offensive linemen or getting some through free agency. Dak will come back. And uh, I think it'll be uh, good from here on out for Zeke. I think he'll be all right. I, I'm just going to chalk this up as a 2020 season. Yeah, I mean, when that. when you have Dak playing as well as he did in the beginning of the season, then he goes out. That's got to be really demoralizing for everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you saw it from the offensive line when they saw, what was it, uh, Ben DiNucci got cheap-shotted a little bit in the offensive line. They didn't even go and protect him. Uh, I, I think that said a lot to how uh, that season and that team was going. But, of course, for this episode, we got our headlines. We're going to go over uh, the main points of the games, a lot of talking points. And, of course, we got some waiver, waiver wire God pickups for you guys, but of course it is going to be the semifinals, so we're not going to tell you to start some random scrub off the sidelines. Absolutely. NFL headlines. George Kittle could play against Dallas, but as of right now, because they lost against Washington last Sunday, uh, it's in doubt. How do you feel about it? I don't. 
what's your potential to make playoffs for the Niners? It's pretty Man, low. I, I think they're right now maybe a 20% chance. As a coach, I would not risk it unless I feel like he is at least 95%. And if you're not making playoffs, it would have to be 100% for me. If Jimmy Garoppolo plays, I think George Kittle plays. Okay. I think they're going to pair them hand in hand because they want they want to evaluate Jimmy Garoppolo. Two, they need to evaluate you know the rest of the team. What what do they need in the offseason? What do they need to do? They, do they need to upgrade the offensive line, which in my opinion is a huge yes. Do they need to upgrade the quarterback position, which is a potential, and I, I think that's why they need George Kittle out on the field to win. Jimmy Garoppolo's out there, but, I mean, if Jimmy Garoppolo's not out there, then I doubt George Kittle will. Is Jimmy supposed to be playing? He's also still on the fence. Okay. There's no news on that yet, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a little bit closer than George Kittle from coming back. So O-line issues. Like, what yes. kind of O-line issues? Are we they have about? right tackle issues. I mean, right now, Mike McGlinchey, their first-round draft pick four years ago, he uh, he's getting absolutely bullied by every uh, elite or higher-up tackle or defensive tackle or defensive edge that he goes up against. Uh, last or This Sunday against Washington, Monte Sweat, you know, just bullied him on the line. Uh What's his name? What's the new rookie? Chase Young. Chase Young. There we go. I mean, he had a fumble sack strip for a touchdown against him. It was a it was a sad and hard to watch game for Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, that's not good at all. Sweat is very talented, but he yeah. is not anything to Chase Young level. Yeah. So I mean, you should be able to handle Sweat. And I mean, he was a first round draft pick too, tenth mm-hmm. round pick, I believe it was, or around that vicinity. Four Sweat. Uh, 16. No, uh, Mike McGlinchey. Oh, McGlinchey was, yeah, I think 10th. Yeah, 10th. Because 11th so was uh, the, Raiders. the Raiders. Yeah, so, I mean, he should be able to handle them in theory. So uh, I mean, that's what you get paid for. You get paid, and you're in the right tackle position for the Niners. I fully expect you to be able to handle some sort of that. Or n- not necessarily handle it, but you should do an okay job. I mean, the only uh, big, decent play the Niners had got taken back due to a holding call from him. So I'm sure a lot of people have a bad taste in his mouth because of him. When you have a defense like that, when you have a running system like that, I mean, uh, I it's, think there was more to be expected from the Niners crew. It's got to be frustrating. Oh, yeah. So Doug Marone names Gardner Minshew, the new starting quarterback for Jacksonville, after a disappointing game from, uh, what's his name? Mike Lennon. Mike Lennon. There we go. Mr. Missing Jawline or something like that. That's usually what I call him. <laughs> uh, and Gardner Minshew, Minshaw Mania. I mean, they're drafting a quarterback. They're drafting a quarterback. I think they have to be. And do they have talks with the Jets to move up to number one? Do you think? No. Or is that a little hot? That's that. That's not hot, but it's a little sizzling. It's a little sizzling. It's a little sizzling. Okay. Okay. I'm you know, just saying because if they supposedly like Darnold. Supposedly. I don't think you can pass on Trevor Lawrence. So. It'd be difficult. It, it would be very difficult, but. Maybe you can get a good amount. What if they get an offensive lineman or a defensive edge? Or I, th- I think if you're, if you're gonna trade back, you better be getting picks and that second overall pick too. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. If you're gonna draft an offensive lineman or a D lineman, you can just wait. Uh, that's of course gonna be during draft yeah, season yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. We're gonna deep dive that, and we've been very accurate. With our draft picks so far this year, I mean, everywhere from Justin Jefferson to Brandon Ayuk, to even a little, a little uh, Swift, if I might add. 
Yeah. I know you yeah. were very high on Swift coming yeah. into the year. I, I think like he Swift. was trash. I still think he's yeah. like semi-trash, yeah, but that's, we're, that, that's for a difference. That's totally fine. I mean, wide receivers. We were very high on wide receivers. Yeah, and there's a lot of receivers we wanted. All, uh, killing it. Mm-hmm. Killing it. Mm-hmm. There we go. Now, Jalen Hurds is going to be the starting QB from here on out for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a little odd, right? So a lot, a lot of wow. the issues that uh, people are blaming for Carson Wentz's regression somehow won the game against the Saints due to Jalen Hurts. I think that's a little are a we little coincidence? Do we think Hurts is going to take over this team? Yeah, I do. We think it's going to be a Lamar Jackson situation to a certain extent yeah, not the same much, yeah. exact but to a certain extent yeah to a certain yeah basically I mean, I mean this is no slouch the the Saints defense is no slouch no slouch at all no mm-hmm. I expected this to be a uh, double digit points for the uh, New Orleans defense I thought it was going to be massive I thought Miles Sanders was going to do nothing and he broke and an 86 he, yarder he broke a long one I mean 86 and he had 115 yards he did nothing other than that 86. But, hey, you break that 86, you're killing it. We said in last episode, unless Miles Sanders breaks a long one, he's not going to be very productive. Uh, if he didn't break that long one, he wouldn't have been very productive. But he broke the long one. So congratulations to whoever started him. They got a nice uh, fantasy point day from Miles Sanders. Matthew Stafford, unlikely to play this week. He looked like he took a shot to the ribs. It yeah. looked like it hurt. Yeah, and I mean, they're not making playoffs. No. I say they're going to rest him, and that's pretty much it. I think uh, Matthew Stafford needs to audition for another team. Where would you want him to fit, though? Okay, let's see. Uh, let's, let's talk about the Patriots. The Patriots? The Patriots. Ooh. Let's talk about the Niners. Oh, do you think he fits the Niners scheme though? The, the, I, I mean, it's it's more of a West Coast, not like a vertical deep team. You know, what I mean, that's Stafford. He can likes to go a little vertical. You know? Yeah, he likes to throw it. So, so I think Shan- Kyle Shanahan he wants to evolve the offense a little bit to manipulate Andy Reid a little bit. Uh, I mean, you got insider information. You you talking to people that I don't know about? Uh, I, I I can't name a source. Can't, can't name a source. Can't name okay. a source. But can't there's a source. source. Potentially a source. Potentially a source. Potentially a source. That uh, that uh, he, Kyle Shanahan has said that you know during the uh, the bye weeks and the off days that he's been watching other teams' game film to see if he could you know take a little bit here, take something to implement to his offense. I think uh, he he has said that uh, Nick Mullins does like the throw power to. Uh, to uh, complete a specific amount of throws that he needs, you know, b- you know, outside the numbers, deep over the middle. I think uh, that was him hinting that he wants a quarterback with a little bit more juice in his arm. I mean, Jimmy G, though. Does Jimmy G have any juice? In N- his not arm? Matthew Stafford juice. True. 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 So I, I think, uh, I mean, while Jimmy G has a uh, faster release and uh, quicker short reads, stuff like that, but I mean, uh, if you upgrade the offensive line through the draft, get yourself a Matthew Stafford. They're they're looking a little bit scary on the offensive side with a Debo, with a Ayuk, George Kittle. You didn't mention your Ayuk in the in the draft. Oh, uh, I, I, you know I mean, e- everybody knows that. I'm just saying. I, I put Ayuk in my top ten, and uh, Brian Ayuk might be a playoff league winner for people. Oh, I like it. I mean, if are you people, sizzling? 
Or are you completely on fire? Because you look like you're on fire right now. Oh, am I on the hot seat? You're Ooh. on the hot seat. Is, is this seat hotter than Adam Gase's? <laughs> Adam Gase's ice cold, baby. Yours is, <laughs> yours is on fire. You might as well be in hell right now, dude. Oh. I mean, uh, last year when we did our wide receiver rankings, our, our top 10 rankings for fantasy, uh, I mean, uh, dynasty draft, I put Brandon Ayuk on there. You didn't necessarily agree with me. I was Ayuk. I was not a massive fan. Yeah, it was like Nikhil Harry when he came out. I was in a huge fan. I was worried about separation. Ayuk's uh, mm-hmm. a different animal, not the same concept. But I was not a big fan. My big guys were. I liked Rugs. You did, but Justin Jefferson was a guy I really loved. You, he was your favorite. Uh, he was I, your Jerry, favorite. Jerry Judy was a very close to that as uh-huh. well. Uh, CD was v- very close as well, and then Rugs was probably the last end of it. But I do like Rugs. I, I still like Rugs. It like is Ruggs. only the rookie year, you know. I'm hoping for progression next year, but when you get that many people, it's a it's a it's a good look. It's a good it's look. A good look. Uh huh. Uh huh. So I I think the Matthew Stafford would be a good fit on the Niners. Regardless of the scheme fit, I think they'll adjust the scheme for his strengths. I think he'd do more on the uh, more on the Niners than on the Lions, if that makes any sense. Now, say say Kenny Galladay joins him. Let's ignore salary cap for a quick minute. <laughs> who, who needs it? You know what I mean? They're just printing. Government's printing money anyway. Yeah, just give, why, just, why can't just, the Niners? Why can't the Niners? You know. Uh, Debo Samuel, speaking of the Niners, probably out for the rest of the season after he left the first play of the game. So, I mean, congratulations. He got you about 0.8. Can you, I know you have sources. Yes. Can you call them and tell them there's a thing called stretching before the game? It helps. You know what I mean? That might help. It might help. Might just a little bit. I don't know what happens. I don't know how you get this many hamstring injuries. Like soccer doesn't have this many hamstring injuries and they're running twice as long. As NFL players are. Uh, you're saying they're better athletes? Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying they're better athletes. Oh. I'm saying, I mean, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo's probably a better athlete than 99% of the NFL players. But that's he's like, a super freak. Yeah, but he's he's yeah. a little different. He's yeah. built different. Oh. But I mean, like, oh. do, do, like you got to stretch. Built, built different? <laughs> I'm built different <laughs> when I play COD. That's what I was waiting for. Thank you. Thank Go you. Go on. Go on. Uh, you think, like, you know, you drink water, you stretch. You you work out your legs. You should be you, able to handle it. You literally have nutritionists. Like, sh- I don't get it. I, I don't understand how people have this many hamstring injuries. Like, everywhere from Debo to Mike Evans to Julio Jones. I mean, Julio, he's getting a little old. But, I mean, we still got a young receiving core struggling with hamstring injuries. That's interesting. But you you guys have had a lot of injuries. In the past, recently, training issue? Tra- trainers? I think it's know? drafting issues. Oh, just drafting. I think I think you just draft injury prone guys. They come to the NFL, they get injured, and then you act surprised. How did this happen? Uh, I think the issue is dr- like me, me in fantasy, right? I drafted, I I this year I went to specifically draft non injury prone guys because I was like, you know what? I'll take the less talented player, but as long as he's starting for me, it's okay. But it's worked. Uh, <laughs> it works backwards. backwards. <laughs> yeah, it worked backwards for me. That's probably what the Niners tried doing. I mean, I think everyone's had, like I had Austin Eckler, I had Joe Mixon. It, there were so many injuries this year. It, it, it it's going to happen. It was weird. It's going to happen. It's. I mean, there's always injuries in the NFL season, but this year it happened to the main guys, which is why I feel like everybody said it was worse than every year. Which I I don't think it was statistically worse. I think we just I th- felt like it was because I mean w- w- once every. 
everybody's fantasy football team's main guy got injured at one point of the year, whether it was Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Saquon, McCaffrey, or even a you know Mixon, uh, Mixon Eckler, or Eckler, David Johnson, and you know everybody's first rounder got hurt at some point of the season, and which is why everybody's complaining about injuries because I mean it's never happened like this. No, you had the top 10, 11 running backs all hurt. Exactly. I mean, it, Dalvin Cook went out for a game, unless you own Derrick Henry, who's been kind of disappointing in the beginning of the year. But, of course, you know, he, he wins playoffs for people. Playoff so time. It doesn't necessarily matter, but he's been healthy. Zeke has been healthy. I mean, maybe may a little sore here and there banged up, but he has played every game this year. Uh, it's different. Like we've always been saying, it's a little different this year. And that's why it's a little bit more frustrating than most years uh, on how our standings have gone about. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go over some big points of the games, stuff we want to talk about and all that good stuff. So I kind of want to start off with Miami. Okay. Miami against the Chiefs. I mean, they forced three interceptions. Two of them were tip balls or ones that went through the receiver's hands. And then, of course, just happened to be intercepted. But I do want to say... This Miami seems legit. It, it is. I, I would 100% agree with that. I don't know if two is legit, but that Miami team is legit. Because, I mean, that defense looks strong. I think they need to be picked up in every league format, considering, of course, we're going to talk this a little later, but they're going to go against, I think, the Bengals and the Raven, or the Raiders mm-hmm. at the end of the year. Yeah, uh, I think that's correct. I think uh, they're going to be a fantastic playoff stash right now, and then 62% of the league. Sorry, they go against New England and then the Raiders for the oh. next two weeks. So, I mean, they're must-starts. And I mean, right now they set an NFL record for takeaways in a game. So far they have a takeaway in every single game for the past two years. I think uh, that's ridiculous to know you have some sort of floor because that takeaway can easily lead to a touchdown, and all of a sudden they're potentially winning your week for you. I think uh, Miami cannot be slept on anymore. I, I I hear you. You hear me. Do am I concerned about them winning a championship? No. An NFL championship? Yes. No. My fantasy championship? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their defense can make you a good amount of points. Mm-hmm. They've been playing phenomenally well. I think they're definitely one of the up and coming defenses this year and next year. They're going to be great. I I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Okay. I, I do think the quarterback situation is going to be a little interesting. The two of the Fitzpatrick, it's hard to gauge who's going to be there and how consistent Parker's going to be for you. I think they need a through the, throughout the draft. They need a wide receiver and maybe a solid running back. I don't know Miles Gaskin. He looks good. I don't know if he's the answer. I think he's a little bit more of a flash in the pan type of character. I think uh, they need a little bit more help on the offensive side. But that defense, looking good. Maybe another pass rusher. Yeah, I I could definitely see that. The next game that I'm going to go to is Chicago Bears and Houston Texans. I mean, God, what what happened? I don't know what happened. First off, Mitch Trubisky coming out here looking like he's Tom Brady with three touchdowns, 267 yards. Just the the one thing I can say is the only reason I think he did well. 13 targets for Allen Robinson. You know I love my boy Allen Robinson. That's true, actually. I, I mean, he just fed him the ball. It's not a bad option. It's It's the best option. Absolutely best option. So... 
I don't know what's going on with the Texans. It does not look good. <laughs> Obviously, Duke Johnson was very underwhelming. Eight carries, 26 yards. Luckily, he got some catches. And it was actually only two. I thought there was going to be a lot more. You'd have a better floor compared with David Johnson being out. But Deshaun Watson, it was a rough week. It was a rough week for him. Uh, it, it was filled with fumbles, interceptions, and a whole lot of red zone sacks. Uh, unfortunately, Deshaun Watson, uh, while I do think he is a little bit matchup proof, this one definitely hurt a little bit, and it hurt a lot of fantasy owners considering he was definitely started in a lot of playoff leagues. I do want to give a small shout-out to the New York Jets considering they only put, they were able to put up three points against the statistically worst defense in the NFL, so congratulations to Adam Gase and the Jets. Uh, Tennessee. Ooh. I just want to talk about A.J. Brown and how much of a beast he is with his one-handed catch. For that little sideline fade. Oh, oh, it was great to watch. It was great to see. But more importantly, Derrick Henry going against, of course, he's got the Jets this week and then Detroit the week after that. He's going to eat, and I'm expecting 30 fantasy points out of him. If he gets any less, it's probably a bad week for him. He's got a great matchup. Playoff time is a little different for Derrick Henry. Oh, he's just built different. He he built different. He built in playoffs. And, uh, I mean, as of right now, if he gets another 200-yard game, he'll be on pace to break Eric Dickerson's record. I don't think he will. But, I mean, when you're going against the Lions without a Matthew Stafford, I do not imagine them putting too much of a fight. Yeah, I think they're going to be up a decent amount. I think Derrick Henry's going to eat. I think A.J. Brown's obviously going to get his. They're just on all cylinders just killing it right now. They really and- are. I mean, it is against Jacksonville, but still, you got to show up and you got to play. And uh, I'm very happy with what they're doing. And if you got Derrick Henry, you got to feel comfy right now. Real comfy. Unfortunately, Corey Davis only caught three catches for 30 yards and a fumble loss. So he was disappointing this week after putting up a 10 and 10 and a half point game. Eight and a half, and then of course a 29.7 league game. He was uh, almost consistent. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't read too much into it because everyone got three targets or lower other than A.J. Brown with nine. So, I mean, they just ran the ball. They really didn't have to do anything. They got ahead early, yeah, I mean, and they, they just piled it on. And then Derrick Henry, you know, he, he went slow chunking, slow chunking, five yards, five yards, 10 yards, two yards, and then all of a sudden it turned into 15, 20, 40, touchdown. And then another touchdown right after that. Eight-yard average, man. That's, that's crazy. I mean, yes, Jacksonville's defense isn't great, but that's still it's tough to give up eight yards per carry. How about that? you got to try. you got to try a little bit. You definitely have to try. You have to try to give up that many yards. I mean, my team can definitely try. Uh-huh. Um, why don't we just segue into there? Uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, Indianapolis Colts against the Las Vegas Raiders. It was bad. Let's just start with that. How? How bad? No, like how was it bad? Not how bad, but how was it bad? The defense couldn't stop them to save their life. And that was pretty obvious. Is that the credit to the Titans or the Colts? Sorry. I think there's, you got to give some sort of credit because they, they did what they wanted to do all the time, every quarter, every play. The Raiders defense didn't show up. Thing as simple as that. Uh, Is Phillip Rivers better? Than uh, what you anticipated? No. Philip Rivers is still Philip Rivers. 
is it's not really a, too much of a surprise. I mean, the real surprise is Jonathan Taylor with 20 carries and 150 yards and two touchdowns with a seven and a half yard average just running all over us. He he ran the ball very well. Naheem Hines had seven rushes for 58 yards. So, I mean, he even had himself a little bit of a day. He was also fantasy relevant with nine and a half points and a half point PPR leagues. Uh, I mean, the the Titans, they got, they got themselves a little bit of an offense going on. Colts. Colts, sorry, sorry. I always mix them up considering they're in the same division. Uh, I mean, T.Y. Hilton, he has a resurgence coming along. Dare I say a championship winner oh, resurgence? Potentially, because I know a lot of people dropped him. So I mean, Everybody dropped him. You know At one mean? point, he was owned in the 15% of leagues. Yeah, so I mean, having those guys stashing him on your bench, do you feel comfortable starting him? to try to get you to the chip. If the way he's playing, he's got a touchdown in 3 straight weeks. While that might not happen again, it's hard to bench somebody like that. He deserves a wide receiver 3 to flex spot at the least. Considering, I mean, right now it looks like him and uh, Philip Rivers have starting final are starting to finally click mm-hmm. a little bit. I mean, he had 5 catches, 86 yards and a touchdown. It was a 40-yard touchdown. And uh, two touchdowns right after that. I mean, they go against Houston after this week. Oh, uh, sorry, not Houston. Yeah, they go against Houston. Good matchup for him. And then after that, Pittsburgh. That one's a rough matchup. I would not start him there. But if you're going to ride him through week 15, I don't blame you at all. Houston's the play. Houston's I, a big I, play. I think he's killing it and kind of have to start him against that horrible defense in Houston. It's a, uh, a good matchup uh, with the receiver that currently has the hot hand at this moment. Absolutely. Now, what what about the Raiders side of the ball? I mean, Nelson Aguilar, he had himself a good day, too. What about him? Another touchdown. I mean, you, you know I really <laughs> like my baby dropper, Aguilar. Your, your boy, Nelson Aguilar. So, Waller had 10, 10 targets. Yes. The person next to him was your boy. Mm-hmm. With another red zone target? Nine zone targets. You know what I mean? Another touchdown, 100 yards, five receptions. He feels comfortable with it. You know, there, there's a rapport there. And as long as he's catching it, he's going to be a viable option. As long as he's catching it, Henry Ruggs will not be a viable option, considering he's probably taking the Henry Ruggs role. I don't know if he's taking the Henry Ruggs role, but, but he's, he's close to it. He's close to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when he came out of USC, he he was a vertical threat. He, he, was, he was a great talent, and the issue was receiving. So do I think Nelson Aguilar can win you championships potentially he, he might be a league winner that's that's all i gotta say right now rugs is not then let's make that very clear no 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 rugs no. is not even close the baby dropper and he, he might be when Derek carr likes someone he keeps feeding them obviously with waller waller is getting double digit targets almost every single game nelson aguilar is not far behind him i think waller is that first target obviously but aguilar is is right up there I mean, right now, let me read you since week four. Read it to me. 12 and a half, 15 and a half, then by week 19.2, and then he had a bad game. I don't know if he played this game against Cleveland. I actually had two two targets he did play. He dropped the donut then, and then 14 and a half, 17.8, 8, 5.8, 18 and a half this week. I mean, he's going against the Chargers. Decent matchup, and then Miami. That one is a little bit rough, but I'm putting him in on the Chargers. I mean, I put him in my flex spot in another league. I can't complain by his production. It speaks there. He has a floor, and it is a pretty good one, considering he also has the most red zone targets on the team. So I think his ceiling is also just as high. 
Yeah, and he, we don't have weapons. There's not a lot of weapons. Aguilar is the weapon with and Waller, obviously. So he's a good play. Safe play, as you say. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, uh, Mike Davis finally got back to his almost Christian McCaffrey ways with scoring two touchdowns. One of them has to be thanked by the defense uh, because they had a fumble, took it all the way to the two-yard line, which in turn he punched it in. That one was very lucky for a lot of fantasy players considering actually in one of my leagues I was going against Carolina defense and I have Mike Davis so not only did they not score the touchdown but I did so that one was a unfortunate swing of events for my opponent but hey that's fantasy sometimes I also want to talk about Daniel Jones let's hear it he's struggling the team is struggling the offensive line struggling they can't run the ball they can't pass the ball right now I you're mean, talking about Carolina right Daniel Jones Oh, you're talking about your your Giants. You switched giants. to your Giants. Yeah. I, I, okay, I segue, okay, okay. I segued okay. to Daniel Jones. Okay, 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 okay. I segued to Daniel Jones. I just want to make sure you weren't talking about Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. Daniel Jones is who I'm currently talking about. Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. I, I don't know who Daniel Jones is because, I mean, we only go by Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. I mean, he, he throws dimes, but, I mean, when he's not throwing dimes, he's not doing very much. And he's not very helpful to his team. <laughs> it doesn't look helpful. 127 yards, 11 completions out of 21. The offensive line is rough. Let's start off with that. It's rough, and he's still doing with his hamstring injury. I mean, it's just like Garoppolo when he had his. You can't plant your back foot. You can't drive the football. You can't make accurate passes. He shouldn't be playing regardless right now. And the weapons there. The, the, there's a little bit of a lack of weapons. And, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. They need to address that. They need to address the offensive side because it looks like the, their defense is coming along. Absolutely. We talked about it earlier in the season. It looked like they were coming along a little bit. And, uh Golden Tate is not the answer. Sterling Shepard's not the answer. Darius Slayton is a good number two. They don't have a number one. Yes. Evan Ingram's been very disappointing uh, to a certain extent for a support role uh, for Danny Dimes. Da Evan Ingram is a ball of potential that nobody knows how to tap into. I mean, he's going to be the Tyler Eifert of his generation or of our generation because everybody thinks Tyler Eifert, this is going to be his year. On the Bengals, he's going to finally click it with Andy Dalton. He's going to be that perfect seam threat. He's going to score a bunch of touchdowns. And everybody keeps buying into the hype. And everyone's like, this is Mike. This is Evan Ingram's year. He's going to finally break out. This is his year. He doesn't do it. Disappointing. It's disappointing. It's a ton of talent. ton of talent, but it's got to work. It's got to work. You, you know, you could be fast all you want. You could be Vernon Davis esque all you'd like. If you can't catch or get separation or, uh, you know, make plays on the football field, you're not going to get on. You're not going to become fantasy relevant or even have a longevity of an NFL career. So you're the quarterback whisperer. Thank you. Okay. Okay. How are we feeling about Danny Dimes long term here? He, he might be, he's Eli Manning. He is the reincarnation of Eli Manning, where you don't know if he's good, but you're not sure he's bad. So he's right on that mid-tier. He's mid He's just like, he's he's good enough to keep his job. Yes. And uh, with talent around him, he, he can be good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Saquon's obviously gone. There's a talent. But they need to really push to get some offensive weapons for him this year to make sure and see if they actually have a quarterback. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, he'll make some throws. Well, you just look at it, and you're like, that was perfect. That was an mm -hmm. amazing throw. Great catch. And you'll go, yeah, he could be the answer. And then, you know, he'll he'll do something incredibly stupid right after that. And you'll wonder, okay, when are they going to get rid of him? 
Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Derek, oh. Car- Derek Carr has some <laughs> phenomenal games. Yes, yes and he then does. he does some head scratchers of what's actually going on. Yes, yeah, that's a good comparison. That's a very good comparison. But uh, Danny Dimes, he doesn't necessarily uh, he doesn't check down as much as you kind of would like. He he he'd rather take the sack and fumble the ball than check down. It seems like he's real intelligent then. Yeah, well, you know, it, it works. I, I mean, life's too short to check down. Think of it this way. <laughs> but if it makes sense to check down, you should probably check down. No, no. So, so, <laughs> so if my running back is there, okay, and he's open, okay. In fantasy, I expect you to check it down, um, even only, if someone's deep. Only, only if I own him in fantasy, is it okay for you to check down? Have you talked to him about it? I'll tweet at him. I'll talk to him about tweet it. Tweet him. Yeah, I'll, I'll say what's up. I'll say what's up. Remember, life's too short to check down. Throw it deep. <laughs> should we get in a uh, favorite segment? Oh, okay. Let's hear it. Waiver Wire God. So we're going to start with Chad Hansen and Kiki QT. We're going to pair them up together, the Houston wide receiver core. I mean, yes, Deshaun Watson had a rough game, but these guys, they had pretty good games themselves. Kiki QT, he scored a touchdown. Unfortunately, he fumbled the ball, which really, really ruined his stat line as Nick Chubb takes it in for a score. And then he, and then of course, we're going to add. Nick Chubb just scored a touchdown. Oh my god, dude! Are you going against Nick Chubb? Yes. How do How do you feel about this right now? I lost. You lost. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel. That's uh, how That's how my brain is going right now. Okay. Awesome, cool. Now I don't have to watch anymore. Okay. I'm gonna kill myself. Right. Oh, sorry. What was that? That was on. Okay. <laughs> never mind. My bad. Go on. <laughs> and then, of course, you're gonna have to pair it with Chad Hansen, who also had himself a pretty decent game with I think five receptions and then 57 yards himself, which is a solid fantasy football day. I'm not saying start him, but you gotta have him on your roster for plug and play efforts because Deshaun Watson, he is a great quarterback. He had one bad game against, of course, a good bears defense. Uh, but the matchups that they're going to have throughout the, uh, throughout the fantasy playoffs is going to lead them to have some success. I like it. I like, I like what you're doing here. Thank you. I, I'm going to move on. Okay. Cam makers, Russell gauge. I'll package them up as well. I mean, Damn. Cam Akers, do we really even need to get in? He he looks like he's taken over that role. Looks like he's done it. Uh, on a good offense yes. with a very good head coach that's offensive-minded. Uh, the sky could be the limit for him. It good really wide could. receivers, decent offensive line, great play calling. Mediocre semi- quarterback. Mediocre quarterback. above av- uh, I'm going to put him as above-average quarterback. Okay. And then uh, that's just a recipe for success in the running game. Yeah, I mean, he is moving in the right direction. Hopefully he keeps going to that 75% on. It's going to be hard to get him, but if, if he's available, swoop him up and uh, start him up. Yeah. uh, Right now, Chad Hansen is 2% owned. Kiki QT is 45% owned. I expect those numbers to go up throughout the incoming weeks. We were talking about Cam Akers since he was 11% owned. I really hope some of you as listeners picked up on that and uh, picked him up on your team. Absolutely. Russell Hopefully Gage. No one, oh, go on. Go sorry. On, go on. Russell Gage, uh, 11% owned. And uh, with Julio Jones likely to not play again this year, he's going to be a solid start on your fantasy roster. I mean, you got to trust Matt Ryan. You got to trust that Calvin Ridley is going to take a majority of the coverage. You got to trust Russell Gage being there to eat up those fantasy targets. Yeah. Last two games, 11 and 13. So, That's I mean, high. It, it, high potential. It's. It's a great spot for him to be in. Oh, yeah. Great spot. Now, we also want to talk about the handcuffs. Oh. We want to talk about the Tony Pollard. 
mm-hmm. the not even Giovanni Bernard anymore. It looks like he got screwed. Yeah. I want to talk about all the handcuffs that you could pod- possibly potentially have in your fantasy league because right now you kind of already know your starting lineup. Unless you know you're on the fence with a couple of players, uh, chances are your starting lineup is already set for fantasy playoffs. Or if you have a handful of questionable players, like right now, Keenan Allen is considered questionable. He left the game with a hamstring injury at the end. He tried coming back, but that didn't end up working out too well. So he might be a little bit questionable going on into the week. You know, of course, if you own Julio Jones and you're a little questionable about that, you might want to try to, you know, of course, hold on to a couple wide receivers just in case. But if you're in a position where your receivers are healthy, you already have your starting lineup set, you should drop everybody on your bench, pick up a bunch of handcuffs. Yeah. I mean, you need to start getting ready for that. Absolutely. Because this is it. This is the name of the game here. Someone gets hurt, you can get a starter, RB1, RB2, winning the league. Who knows? And if uh, your opponents or running back gets injured and you have the backup, not only did you make your team stronger, you made his team weaker, which I think uh, is probably the best case scenario that you can go with at this point of the season. You can pick up a Alan Lazard if you would like, or an MVS, hoping if not hoping, of course, but if Devontae Adams goes down, which he he may, he is a little bit injury prone. Uh, all of a sudden, you end up with a solid wide receiver you could start, or T, uh, Nicole Hardman in case Tyreek Hill goes out, and so on and so forth. Yeah, just keep an eye out. Uh, I think running backs are going to be the big big point of emphasis here. Yes. you Of course, you want to go with a good backup running back, you know, like Absolutely. Marlon Madison, a, you know, Nicole Hardman in a high-powered offense. I mean, it, you know, with Cooks going down and Will Fuller out, then, you, you know, obviously it elevates Kiki QT, but you still have to be good enough to get open and actually make something out of your plays. So, I mean, obviously we recommend that you pick up a handcuff with actual potential talent and all that good stuff. And I think we'll dive into a little bit more next episode. Next too. episode, we'll probably spend a decent amount of time on which ones you guys should and should not pick up. Absolutely. I also want to add Dolphins defense, 60% owned. Of course, uh, I think everybody making a championship run should have them. Like I said, they're going against New England and then the Raiders for the next two weeks. Very good matchups for a team that creates turnovers. They look good. They their, look their like their defense looks really good. They got shut down corners across the board. Xavier Howard, he leads the league with interceptions, and then Byron Jones. Whenever he picks off one, he, he can take it to the house. Uh, no questions asked. And then, of course, they spent their first round draft pick on another cornerback. So if he plays the nickel slot, uh, Whichever offense is on the field might have trouble passing the ball. I mean, when you're able to pick off Patrick Mahomes three times in a game, you're doing something right. You're doing something really right. Yeah. Absolutely, because I don't remember the last time he had three interceptions in a game. I don't think he ever has had three interceptions well, his, in a game. His other interception was the Raiders. The Raiders, yes. So, yes. I mean, it, they played great. Uh, them against New England, as we can see, Cam got benched. And uh, he'll be back. He'll, from he'll my be starting. Understanding. Yes, he'll but be starting. But he doesn't look good. Doesn't it doesn't. Look good. It doesn't matter because Stenham doesn't look that great either. That's what I'm saying. E- either one. I mean that that's going to be a great play either way. Yes, I'm going to have to agree with you. I mean, uh, if you own the Dolphins' defense, you are in a good spot to really put up some fantasy points in your lineup. Absolutely. Alrighty. So of course, remember to follow, like and subscribe if you enjoyed the episode 
Of course, next episode, like we mentioned, we're going to dive into a little bit more of the injury news, injury report, and then, of course, talk about the handcuffs that you guys can go about to make sure you really solidify your depth and uh, your roster. And, of course, we should also be talking about keepers and keeper leagues on people you can potentially pick up or hold on to your roster to really uh, elevate your team going on to next year. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a great, great show. Yeah, of course. You have a send-off for everybody? wasn't a good week for me, but <laughs> but I hope it's a good week for you. I mean, you put up 130. That's it. After that, it's a little du- uh, tough to complain. Makes me sad inside. Makes you sad inside. It's okay. All right, everybody. Good luck. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Top Tier Tactics Fantasy Football Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at tttfantasyfootball.com and follow us on Instagram at Top Tier Tactics. If you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts too. 